Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Yep. You know, we do. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world, and we need to let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn in us and move out the stuff. And don't, you know, I mean, you don't have to feel bad because you did something wrong. You, you just let him do it. He died for our sins on the cross. Hallelujah. So, good evening, everyone. <laughs> Did you have a good time this weekend? Uh, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. And, oh, my. Okay, so this is what the Lord gave me this afternoon. Uh, go to Proverbs eleven twenty four. Amplified. Huh? You know, just that song they were singing. In the latter days which we are in, God is going to bring the wind, the fire, the rain, and the oil. And the fire is, first of all, a consuming fire of sin. And it's a, then a fire of zeal. <laughs> After you get rid of that, it's the fire of zeal. And then the wind. I mean, you know, the hurricane winds, we've had a lot of wind. And I, I'm hearing the prophets like Hank Kudeman and all of them. I'm hearing them say that that wind means, it, it actually means something. A change. That there is change coming. And the wind, the hurricane wind of the Holy Ghost came in the book of Acts, in Acts 2. The hurricane wind. And, the, and everyone was filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen? And so that, that Holy Spirit. And see, the oil is the anointing. What's the anointing mean? It means actually the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. The word Christ actually means anointing. You know what? The Bible schools actually used to say Christ was Jesus' last name. No. <laughs> Christ, Christ means, it, it means the anointing. And it's burden removing. It's his, you know, his blood came to bring us burden removed. Remove the burdens. <laughs> Destroy the yokes. Mountain-moving faith. Remove the mountains in our life, all the junk and all the problems. God loves us, and that's what he wants. He wants to do that. Okay, and so what did I say? The fire, the wind, the rain. The rain, the rain to soften hearts. It says in Zechariah 10.1, we're supposed to pray this all the time. Uh, ask, no, it says, ask for the rain and the time of the latter rain, that there would be bright clouds and lightnings of power. It's just actually to everyone, grass in the field, and what it means, every person's going to have a chance. Every person's going to have a chance. And this is revival. Revival is coming. Revival is here. It's here, and I mean, in California, there are people coming into tents, like thousands of drug addicts and, and murderers and, and gangs, uh, leaders of gangs and stuff, and they're getting delivered, period. Miracles happening down in California. So you know, stuff starts usually in California and New York first, and then it comes into the middle. It's here. So, okay, Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, then, okay. There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more. It means scattering their giving. There are those who withhold more than is fitting or what is justly due, but it only results in wants. Okay, 25, the liberal person, the one who gives real easily, shall be enriched, and he who waters shall himself be watered. Okay, go to verse uh, uh, 28 and then 31. He who leans on trust in and is confident in his riches shall fall. 
but the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like a green bow. Uh, that word flourish means to, to be uh, filled with abundance, to go to a higher place. Okay, verse 31. Behold, the uncompromisingly righteous shall be recompensed on the earth. How much more the wicked and the sinner. And if the righteous are barely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the wicked? Actually, recompensed means to give back in return. See, okay, so here, okay, it's right here. It's the, the Bible is, is the one thing, it's the word of God, and the word of God is heaven and earth will pass away, but these words in here will not pass away. You know why? Because it says in the beginning, the word was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. How could God pass away? He can't. He's forever. This is his word. Now, I mean, if we would really believe what it says here, I mean, I was thinking about that. Because the, the righteous shall be recompensed on the earth, but so will the wicked. Recompensed means you are means to give back in return what you gave, you give back in return. Okay, so then go to Proverbs 13, 13, and 14. I have it so scribbled up here. Okay, whoever despises the word and the counsel of God brings destruction upon himself. But he who reverently fears and respects the commands of God in the word of God, in the Bible. We're not talking about the Ten Commandments necessarily. We're talking about the things that God has said in the Bible. And respects the commandment of God is rewarded. Whoever despises the word and counsel of God brings destruction on himself. Oh, no, it's all God's fault. <laughs> That's what people say. It's all God's fault. But we bring that on ourselves because we haven't looked into this. And some people ignorantly haven't been taught to. I mean, I know I wasn't either. Uh, but he who reverently fears and respects the commandment of God, the commands of God, is rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. Life, not a death cycle. That one may avoid the snares of death. And it doesn't mean necessarily you're going to fall over and die. It means all the things that are icky in our lives, the, the stuff that makes us worry and get fear and... Um, it's oppressed, it's sickness, disease, it's uh, things that just aren't right in our families, all those things. But see, we can avoid it if we look into this word. Okay, so then, um, so I put the snares, this is what I put, the snares of death could be a death cycle of not enough. Finances, I don't mean that you die and you go in the grave. We're saying it's just like the life is like no finances, poverty, you know, uh, all sickness, disease, worry, fear, um, inability to control yourself. All that's it's a death cycle. And you know what? That isn't God. That's a devil chasing you, trying to, to make you do stuff. And when God gives you the strength, when we come to God, he gives us the strength to overcome those things. So it says, or I said, <laughs> yet the word of God tells us what to do, but through unbelief and a lack of trust in God and his word, <laughs> we don't believe it or act on it. Yet you go to the doctor and you believe what he says. <laughs> And this is more sure. 
You go to somebody else, a counselor, and you believe what they say. But God is the one who knows what he's doing to make our life good. How do I know that? Because for 40 years, I didn't do it. I didn't know it. <laughs> now, 40 years later, I'm doing, you know what I mean? Ecclesiastes 11.1, 1, it says, cast your bread, well, your money or whatever, cast your goodness upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Yeah. Now let's go to Galatians 6, 7, Amplified, New Testament. <laughs> it was... Remember, is it General Electric Power Company? <laughs> Go eat popcorn. <laughs> Galatians 6, verse 7, out of the Amplified. Everybody got it? Are we got it? Do not, do not be deceived and deluded and misled. That's a command. <laughs> because you is the understood subject there. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by his precepts being set aside. First of all, let me tell you what a precept is. It's a command. It's a rule. It's an instruction. It's an order of what to do or a rule of action. It actually says it's an ordinance, too. Okay, how about, oh, you better put on those masks. <laughs> that was an ordinance. But yet, God's word is where all of that stuff, not the masks, forget the masks. <laughs> you know, that was a thing to control us. But it, you know what? Here it is. It tells you what to do. These are precepts. How can I say ordinances that are forever? So let me finish reading Galatians 7. It says we just throw his precepts aside, and we listen to man a lot of times. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to trap or delude God. <laughs> For whatever a man sows in his life, that and that only is what you're going to reap. I've been there and done that, and then been there and done the good thing, and reaped the other thing. And so sowing and reaping is a spiritual law. When God created the earth, and I, I was thinking about this, the trees, the grass, the flowers were created whole. You know, who came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken did. <laughs> he created everything whole. And how did it continue on? Yeah, but how, how, did, how did the flowers, how did those flowers out there continue on? How does the trees continue on? The seed that it drops. It's the seed. Seed time and harvest. Seed sowing and, so, okay, your garden, you plant a garden. What do you put in that garden? Seeds in the ground. How about the farmers pretty soon? See, the word of God is a seed. If this is a seed when you speak it out loud. And money is a seed, too. Now, I'm not, I don't care if I have your money or not. I mean, we, we don't need it. But, but the point is that it will help you. The seed from fruit trees, how does it continue on? The seed from fruit trees, maple trees, plants, flowers, vegetables, ha, the seed of animals, the seed of man. It keeps replenishing the earth with human beings and more animals, dogs, cats, cows, horses, whatever, birds. <laughs> they come from, you know, eggs. But that's, that's still, that's all seed. That's sowing and reaping. And so we, we just need to believe, believe in what we're doing. 
Okay, let's go back to, <laughs> and I'll be done for soon. Proverbs 11.1. One. It was God. <laughs> okay. A false balance. A false balance to me could be cheating, stealing, a false balance and unrighteous dealings are extremely offensive and shamefully sinful to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. You know, I remember once uh, some guy took his car in and that was what they had. I don't know, cars don't even have points and plugs anymore, do they? Older car, <laughs> yours does, amen. <laughs> Maybe, you know, an older car has points and plugs. Okay, so they needed to be changed, and all he did was take them and wipe them off and put them back, the old ones, and charged him the full price. And guess what happened? It was like he sowed, he sowed death to himself in his, in his own garage, his, his big um, compressor, totally burned out. So he reaped, which he, he reaped maybe thousands of dollars by cheating that other, he reaped in the negative. Do you see what I'm talking about? If you steal something, you're not, you're not enhancing your, your uh, uh, prosperity. Oh, look at I got away with that. <laughs> You know what? It's just the opposite. You're going to reap it. Because Galatians, we just said, we reap what we sow. So it, it means cheating and stealing, I put. You plant seeds negatively by stealing, and you reap what you sow in the negative. Okay, uh, Proverbs 11, uh, 5, verse 5 now. The righteousness of the blameless shall rectify and make plain their way and keep it straight. You're going to, okay. Rectify is righteousness, goodness, and moral integrity. The state of being morally correct in behavior. It, uh, uh, rectify means to give back in return. It's actually a synonym is to reimburse, to repay, to reward. But see, even that reward could be in the negative. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So the righteousness of blameless people, shall, shall they'll reap good stuff. Okay, then I put verse 6. The righteousness of the upright, their rectitude in every area, every area in your marriage, in your finances, in your health of your body, in your attitude, in the way people treat you, in the things that you get. In every area a relation shall deliver them. Their, your righteousness delivers you. But the treacherous shall be taken in their own iniquity and greedy desire. Verse 8. The uncompromisingly righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked gets into it instead. Okay, verses 17 then to 20, and I'm done. All right. The merciful, kind, and generous man benefits himself for his deeds return to bless him. But he who is cruel and callous to the wants of others brings on himself retribution. He reaps it, something bad. The wicked man earns deceitful wages or steals it. Maybe he uh, says he was at work a lot longer than he was and he gets paid by the hour. You're going to reap something. Might be okay at first, not later. But he who sows righteousness, moral, and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation, in your marriage, in your relationships, in everything, um, shall have a sure reward, a permanent and satisfying reward. He who is steadfast in righteousness, in uprightness and right standing with God, attains to life and not death. 
but he who pursues evil does it to his own death. And see, so many times people blame God. It's He told us what to do. Verse 20, they who are willful, willfully contrary in heart. Again, this is what the Bible said. Extremely disgusting and shamefully vile in the eyes of the Lord. But such are blameless and wholehearted in their ways are his delight. Okay, so, yep. That's what he gave me. Amen. Okay, so are we ready to? Okay, I'll let you do it. I'm going to take too much time. <laughs> Father God, I thank you for the ability to even give, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you supply all our needs. Yep. They might say, oh, there's a food shortage, there's a this shortage, there's a that shortage. But God, in the land of Goshen, in Egypt, you, you, there was no shortages and no evil things. There were no uh, plagues to the, the Israelites, but there were to the enemy, to the Egyptians. And Egypt represents the world system. And so, Father God, we thank you for the ability to give. And we say that you are our God, and when we make you God of our life, Lord, <laughs> it's a fun time. And you supply all of our needs, all of our need for healing, our need for deliverance, our need for restoration, Lord God, our need for finances, our need for a job, our need for a car. You said that you would. You supply all of our needs according to your riches in the glory by Christ Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Well, good evening. We're so happy to have all of you. <laughs> Today is a good day, right? Amen. You can all be seated. Um, I'm just going to quick tell you about a new announcement. Um, we have created a sign-up sheet for Easter. Um, a lot of, uh, several of us will be gone um, this coming up week. So all of this will be going on while we're gone. I will be gone um, and several other people. Um, so this is for Easter. It'll be for the helpers that we're going to need for that day and then helpers that, will, that we will need prior to for stuffing the eggs. Um, and then it is also for... Um, Rather than having each of, unless you've already bought stuff, if you've bought stuff, bring it. But if you haven't bought anything yet, rather than um, buying um, the Easter candy or the prizes, if you would donate uh, what you can, if you would like to donate, please sign up on here and then just put it in the offering. So um, mark out your tithe and offering envelope to say, I'm giving this for Easter, um, and, and then mark your name on the sheet so we know how much is given and how much we still need. Um, so that's what we're asking this year for Easter. Um, we are going to make this all about Jesus. It's not about the candy. It's not about the eggs. But it's just a fun thing for the children to do to celebrate. And we always do story time and, and really tell the real reason for Easter in this. Um, and we do have other children that come that are new. So there's always an opportunity to give to salvation to not only the children but then their families as well. So um, sign up for that. Support us in that. Um, that is all I have to say about that. And Brother Tony is going to come up and give a good word. <laughs> Hope you guys packed your lunch. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for this evening. Father God, we thank you for the ones that are here and the ones that are on the Internet, social media. We pray, Father God, that the words spoken tonight will penetrate their hearts and let in their hearts all of his riches, Father God, so it can change their lives. Lord, you and myself, the Holy Spirit, to speak forth your word. As I open my mouth wide, I believe you're going to fill it with your words. And the words you speak are light and full of power. will not return void, but it's going to accomplish what you said accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. He said, the more that you come to know the depths of God's love, 
how much he loves you, what your value is. The more you can love God, yourself, and love others. If you don't love yourself, you can't love others. All love outside of God's love is conditional. I don't care what it is. All love outside of God's love is, un- is, un- is, is conditional love. If you only know God with your mind, you only know God is conditional. You cannot find your identity in what God is doing. Otherwise, you will only know him through, the work, through works. Your relationship cannot be based on performance. If God doesn't act when you want him to, you will become angry at him, and your relationship is not based on love, but on performance. Unconditional love is based on, on, um, unconditional love is based on love. To know love is to know God, who is love. You will find love of the Father through Jesus. She was always trying to, through the four Gospels, to get people to know the Father and his love. His whole ministry is about the Father. You know, we talk about the Word. Jesus is the Word. And the Word came to the Father's heart. So Jesus came from the Father's heart so he could speak to us through the Word so we get to know the Father. That's what the Word is. He came from the Father's heart. When, he, when Mary gave birth, he became flesh. The relationship cannot be based on works. You never... If, you, if it is, you never knew him. Paul was, Paul was Saul and had, had based his relationship with God on self-righteousness. But he, but he met Jesus and his righteousness was based on love, no longer performance. Amen? So we know that 1 John 4, 8 and verse 16 both say that God is love. Right? So we don't have to turn there because of time, but it says God is love. And if God lives in you, then love is inside you. So you can keep, but you need to know what's inside you. So it comes from spending time with them to know what's inside you. So so what you're doing is not based on works, on performance based on unconditional love. And this last days, we're going to have to know the Father's love in a greater way. Because what's going on out there we're going to have to know that he's going to take care of us. But see, fear is not love. Fear is, fear is the opposite. I mean, it, it's not knowing and trusting God. And so it's pretty easy to listen to the news and listen to what's going on and get into fear. You start wondering if God's going to take care of you or not. If he's going to meet all your financial needs. Or if there's going to be medication, if you're on medication, or whatever you're doing. You, you, there's, there's this fear that can come in that what, what, what's going to happen to me? You know, you go in the stores and you find things that are being depleted. You know, even cat food. You know, my cat likes that cat livers, that gravy lovers food. But it's getting scarce in there now. And you only sell it now basically on 40 cans in a, in a box. There's this high V, it was just a few little cat cans last night. It's getting pretty rare. So we know, if other, it, it, turn with me to John 3, 16 8 to 18, because this is, the, this is one of the most important scriptures. I remember, I, I didn't become a Christian until I was almost 40 years old, but I, I learned this scripture when I was in, in that church right down the block here, yeah. when I was a little kid. And I, I, I remember, remember to write scriptures because they said, whoever memorized the most scriptures got, could win this model, model boat. So everybody's memorizing scripture. Of course, the easy one was is Jesus wept. That was, I got one right. Yeah, I made sure I got one right. I wasn't, yeah, I got at least one on right. But John 3.16 was one that I memorized. So when I became a Christian, I was 40 years old, driving on a highway, early in the morning, I confessed Jesus, my Savior, Lord. He came inside me, and that word came alive inside me that day. John 3.16. This is how the how they amplified. For God so loved, greatly loved and dearly prized the world. Now, He created heavens and earth, but but we're not supposed to love the world. He created He. 
He sent Jesus to save people. So it's a people who he's after. That he gave up his own begotten unique son, so whoever believes in him, trust in, as believing means to trust in, cling to, rely on him. Shall not perish, come destruction, be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. For God did not send his son in the world or, or to reject, to judge, reject, condemn anyone, pass sentence upon on the world, but that the world or the people of the world might find salvation and may save and found through him. He who believes in him, who clings to him, trusts in him, on him is not judged. He who trusts in him will never come up for judgment. We've got to remember that. If you're really a believer, you're not going to come up for judgment. So you have to be concerned about not making it. Uh, for in him there was no rejection or condemnation. He, for he occurs no damnation. But he who does not believe, cleave to you, right on trust in him, is judged already. Ha, he uh, he has already been convicted, has already been received his sentence because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He is condemned for refusing to trust and rest in Christ's name. Anybody that's up in hell is not because God chose him to go there, it's because they rejected him when he called him. He's working everybody. It says in Romans 1, 1 I think it's 1, 1, chapter 1, that every man is without excuse because everyone knows in the hearts of the Creator. And Ecclesiastes said he, he, he uh, he uh, put everybody's, everybody's heart a sense of eternity. Right. So every man knows in their hearts as a creator. So right. Satan's lied to people. Right. In the heart, they really know there's a creator. Because yeah. they're so blinded. Okay, so then turn with me to John, um, 1 John 4, 9 through 11. We're going to get to where it talks about... Um, about his intense love he has for us, but the also intense love we have to have for each other. Because if this church is going to be what it's supposed to be, an epic center where the pole holds heaven, you know, shine out through us, we're going to have to, we're going to have to walk, have an intense love for each other. I mean, a intense love you've never had before. Nobody in this room has experienced intense love yet, but it's going to get more intense because we're going from glory to glory, giving to Christ. So if He's loved and we're getting a greater intense of love. Amen. And so it's, we're going to different degrees of glory. Yes. Amen. Okay, it says here, um, well, the, the eighth, uh, ninth eighth verse says that God is love. And then it goes on and says, in, in this love of God was manifest and displayed where we are concerned that God sent his son, only begotten son, there's 316 right there too, into the world that we might live through him. In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son, the appropriation, the atoning sacrifice of our sins. That's John 316 right there. Beloved, if God loved us so very much, we ought to love one another. So we got to love one another. You know, you're going to be judged on the love you have for each other. You know, we're going to have to send uh, to uh, extend grace and mercy to each other. Everybody's at different levels. We have to realize that. We have to try to bring others along with us. Um, John 17, verse 23 and 26. The 23rd verse is one that I had trouble at first believing that it was, I thought it was a misprint. That was when I first came, became a Christian, though. It says, um, John 17, 23. I and them, you and me, in order that they may become one, perfect united, that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me that you have loved them even as you love me. He loves just as much as he loved Jesus. That's amazing how he could love us that much. And then go down to 26 verse. Jesus said, I've made your name known to them and revealed your character and your very self. I will continue to make you known that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them felt or sensed. It's a knowing in our hearts, that I myself may be in them. 
So he wants us to feel or sense that love in our hearts so much it becomes strong. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And then John 15, 16, we don't turn there, but it says he chose us that we might bear fruit, keep on bearing fruit, and our fruit will be lasting. Yeah. That's John uh, 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now turn with me to Ephesians 1, 4, and 7. I'm moving a little bit quicker because I want to try to get as much in as possible. Even in his love, he chose us. Actually picked each one of us out for himself, his own in Christ. You put the foundation world. Before he even existed, he, he chose you. He knew you. He planned you to be here. In fact, he wrote a book about everyone in this room. And that book's been placed inside you. This day, this night was placed in that book inside you. And you followed the plan that he wrote. Psalm 139.16, he wrote a book about you and you're following that plan. You're here today. But also the, the plan for your uh, living word has been written in a book. And that book's been planted in all of our hearts, pastors' hearts, but our hearts, because we're with it. So it's been planted in us. So we, we're, we're following the plan that God planned for this night. And if you're here, you're here because you chose to follow the plan. Many people should be in this room, but they chose not to be here. We know we have some on social media. Yeah, welcome. But the thing about it is, is that when we got to be here, we, when we should be here, we need to be here. When we can be here, we should be here. Because, because we got to know this love in a greater degree. You know? And um, people are going to be surprised if, if, if the love is shallow. You know, uh, if, if love is all there is, a conditional, because you love somebody else because it's conditional, well, that's, that's not love. If you're trying to love God conditionally, like we said before, that's... that's that's not going to get it in these last days. Yeah. Turn with me to Ephesians. Uh, okay, we're right there. But turn, go to Ephesians 1, verse um, 12. For we first hoped in Christ. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. We first hoped in Christ Jesus, have put our confidence in him. We've been destined, appointed to live for the praise of his glory. And then go up here to that, the last sentence in, in the uh, 11th verse. In agreement with the counsel designed of his own will, that's for your life. We're living in the counsel of designing his own will for your life and for the life of the living word. So if you're here, you're, following, you're, you're getting into that. Okay? Because according to his design and purpose, he didn't ask anybody if he should call you. He chose you because he wanted you. He planned you on the earth in the first place to bear fruit. You're a seed that was planted here, but you had to die before you can live. Amen. When you received Jesus, you died and you cracked open. Now you're alive. Amen. And so you're planted in good soil in this church because you're going to grow and grow and grow in this place. Amen. Talk about fertilizer. <laughs> before I go any further, I want, to, I want to say what he wrote. He gave me, he said this. When you understand my love that is in you, you can enjoy the journey you're on. I have made a way that you can enjoy life, have it more abundantly, enjoying overflow of blessings in your life. The enemy is defeated, so take your authority and resist him in my name. Can't, he cannot harm you when you, when you walk, walk in and live in love and put him under your feet. Do not focus on what he is doing. Focus on what I've done. What I'm doing in your life. Um, so everything we do has got to be based on His love for us. Colossians, turn with me to Colossians three, two, and three. Now, the Amplified says, uh, set your minds, minds on him, but I think that King James says, set your affections on, on him. Yeah. That affection is adoration, love, and devotion. Yeah. It's those three things. Yeah. Yeah. 
If it's not, then, then you're really not devoted to him. For my, for my concern is that your hearts... I say, wait a minute. Oh, I'm on, I'm on two. Sorry. Set your minds and keep them set what, above, what is above the higher things. Now, things of this earth. See, we're getting so wrapped up in things that are going on in the news. What's going on in your life. You've got to make sure what you're doing is not taking most of your time up. It's not distracting you from what God wants you to do. It's easy to get distracted. So easy. For as far as this world is concerned, you've died in this world, and your life's hidden in Christ, in God. So you're hidden in Christ. You're hidden in him. Okay, uh, do that. Put that King James up there, would you? Um, put, uh, put two up there, too. Set your affection, your adoration, love, and devotion on things above and not things on the earth. And then the third verse, the next verse, for ye are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So if we're dead, to Christ, we're dead in Christ, then why are we so in the world? Huh? We're, we're walking dead men to this world. <laughs> we're not zombies either. 1 John 4.18 talks about 1 John 4.18 turn there, amplified. So remember the, the, ninth, the 8th verse and 16th verse here says that God is love. And then it says, there is no fear in love. Dread does not even exist. If you're dreading things, it's not supposed to exist. You're in fear. You're not in love. But full-grown, full complete, perfect, perfect love. I was going to minister on perfection tonight, but he changed my message. Perfect, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment so that he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. If you're afraid of judgment, you don't know God's love yet. Amen? You need to get to know him. Ephesians 2.4 said that. I think we did it once, but no, two, two for four. Ephesians two four. Okay, so it says, "So God is so rich in His mercy." Now the blood of Jesus, I think it's Hebrews uh, 12, 24, says the blood of Jesus speaks mercy, not vengeance, the blood of Abel, Abel did the old covenant. On the old covenant, Abel's blood was crying for vengeance, but the blood of Jesus cries for mercy. So his blood is speaking right now mercy, but it wasn't for his mercy, we'd all be in trouble. But so rich is his mercy because an order satisfied great and wonderful tense love which he has for us the loving chance for us. So it's intense love he has for us. So I want to I wanna, um, see about what it talks about. If I can find my paper here. It says the intense is this. This is how much he loves you intensely. Existing in an extreme degree. Now you gotta, you got to realize this. This is, this, this is how much we're supposed to love him and love each other. Existing in the extreme degree, having or showing a characteristic in extreme degree, exhibiting a strong feeling or earnestness of purpose, intense effort, marked by expressive of great zeal, energy, determination, deeply felt, exhibiting a high degree of some quality or action. Now, this is how much you're supposed to love him, too. It's supposed to be an all-consuming love, a burning love. It's a close love, consecrated love. It's a deep love. 
A diligent love. Earnest love. Extreme love. Forcible love. Powerful love. Strong love. Zealous love. Supreme love. Immeasurable love. Strain love. Stream. So I'm trying to get more of it. Strain love. Sharp love. Violent love. Extraordinary love. Excessive love. Fervent love. Ardent love. Acute love. And unconditional love. That's what love is. That's how much we're to love him. But it doesn't come from us being casual with the word either. You've got to spend time with him. Amen? What's the highest form of, pray, uh, of prayer? It's praise. The more you praise, the more you get to know him. Amen? Jeremiah 31.3 says, He loves us as much as he loves Jesus. I mean, I, not just nobody. He loves us with everlasting love. That's what it says. He loves us with everlasting love. It's never ending. Amen. He's going to love people all the way to heaven. He's going to be all the way to hell. Yes. Isn't that right? He doesn't say anybody to hell, but he's going to love them all the way to heaven, but he's going to love them all the way to hell. Because he's had help himself. He loves people. Yeah. I know I'm moving at a kind of fast pace. I'm skipping a lot of stuff. But um, Turn with me to uh, uh, 1 Peter 4.8. He said, above all these things, above all things, have an intense, unfailing love for one another. So the intense love we talked about that he has for you, and we're supposed to have for him, we're supposed to have it for each other. If we don't do that, well, then we're falling short of the glory of God, the plans he has for the living word. It's got to be an intense love, an unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sin. We've got to start overlooking some things. You know, not everybody's going to act the way you act. Not everybody's at the same level as you. So when somebody does something wrong, don't jump all down them. You know, pray behind the back. Pray for them. That God would open their eyes. But treat them with love and respect and don't jump on bite them. I know I used to bite people myself. So I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Snapping at people. But see, as you learn the love walk, you learn to turn, turn to ease up and, and you just start acting more like Jesus. And so the love that I have now for you guys is so intense. I mean, I tell you what, in 2014, 15, when I was in trouble, you guys were praying for me. I'm here today because you guys prayed. So the love I have for you guys is not the same love I had before 2015. When I, when I stepped in and got out of the hospital and realized that you guys interceded for me, I'm still standing here today. Because I'm preaching. It looked like I was over and washed up. But it was you guys. And so you guys proved that intense love. The prayer teams that we had her was interceding and praying. And so I'm standing here today because of prayer. Because people didn't give up on me. And when I told pastor, I said, hey, I'm ready to go back to ministering again. She said, well, she was going to tell me to. So she was already leading to have me do it. I'm glad that I'm doing it. Thank God. But see, that, that love's got to be an intense love. It's got to be an failing love. A failing means complete, dependable love, not falling short of expectation, inexhaustible, endless love, uh, endless. It's got to be never changing or becoming weaker, even in difficult times. Always providing enough of what is needed. Constant, unflagging, everlasting, exhaustible, infallible, sure, eternal. That's what unfailing means. But it also has to be has to be uh, for love for another. Love covers multiple sins, forgives. Forgive means to grant pardon or remission of offenses and debt or absolve. You know, if somebody borrowed some money from you and they didn't pay you back, let it go. Don't get mad and get out of love with them and, you know, develop that anger inside because you're going you're gonna to miss the rapture if you get into unforgiveness. You're going to get sick. It's um, to grant pardon or, uh, for or remission of an offense debt, absolve, 
give up all claim, all claim and remit, cease to feel resentment against, cancel the debt, release and let it go, stop feeling anger towards someone, just stop, stop blaming them, stop requiring payment of, forget it, release and let it drop, it's just a matter of letting something drop. And then it says disregards. Disregards the offense of another. Disregard means to pay no attention to, to ignore. Leave out of consideration. To treat without due regard of attentiveness. Slight. Lack of regard or attention. Neglect, ignore. Inattention, oversight, pay no attention to something. Just let it go. Pay no attention to it. You know, I mean, what's... In light of charity, what does it all matter anyway? Huh? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. So he, he told us in James 2, uh, the Amplified says, turn there with me, James 2, 8. This is okay so far? I'm not watering the word down, I'm just shortening it up. <laughs> I'm not watering it down, but don't believe me. <laughs> it says, um, if indeed you really fulfill the royal law in accordance with the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. You do well. Now, the Passion Bible says something really good. And sometimes you need to pay attention to the footnotes. Yeah, Passion Bible says this. Wow, you're quick. Your calling is to fulfill the royal law of love. As given to us in this scripture, you must love and value, value your neighbor or your fellow believer. As you love and value yourself. So if you don't value yourself and love yourself, you can't value and love somebody else. So you need to get in the word and get to know God better to develop your love walk. For keep then the ninth verse. Oh, oh, keep it going. For keeping this law is a noble way to live. But uh, the ninth verse. But when you show prejudice and you commit sin, you violate the royal law of love. The footnote for this is this. It is a royal, it is royal law because it's given by our King of Kings. Now, what are we? Kings and priests. So we're royalty. So if he's the king of kings, we're kings and priests. Then it says it's a royal law because it is given by our king of kings, the king of kings for since he has made us kings and priests, it becomes a royal law of love given to us his royal sons and daughters who are heirs with him. So you can walk in love. It's a a royal thing to do because you're royalty. He's royalty. So we do it for him, right? You can do it. So remember, if you show prejudice for someone, you commit sin. So if somebody comes in here and you're prejudiced against somebody else because you don't like them, or you don't like the way they're dressed, you know, we're going to have all kinds of people come in here. We need to be ready to receive the unlovable. No matter what they've ever done, we need to let let them come in here and get free. Love them and love on them. Because if you cause them to stumble, God is going to, it's a dangerous thing. Uh, in fact, I didn't have it down, but go turn me to Philippians 1. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. But see, we're to love and value each one in this room together. We're supposed to love each other and value each other. I mean, you're, you guys are you guys are kings and priests. You are, you're my brothers and sisters. You're my family. You're my real family. You are the real family. You know, and we're supposed to love one another and give each other some space, but also encourage one another. But don't tear each other down. Because because I may eat something you don't like, or I may do something you don't like. I mean, the other day somebody gave me two lottery tickets. I don't buy the lottery tickets, but somebody gave them to me. So, you know, hey, I checked out the lottery numbers. <laughs> they were no good. 
Yeah. But you know, like Preble Dollar said, he said he doesn't tell his people not to do it, but he said he doesn't tell them not to do it. But he said the money's going to come to God, he back the righteous, he might as well do that. You know, I don't play lottery, but see, but see, I did that. You know, I'm not, I'm not feeling guilty about it because I did it. <laughs> if I got, if I caught one number and then the, then the Powerball number, I could have won four dollars. That's four times investment the guy who bought it made. Okay, he said this: I pray that your love may abound. That boundary is beyond the normal, normal limits. Yeah. Always use that uh, beyond the normal limits when you say abound. It's not normal limits. It's beyond the normal. Yeah. Yet more and more sin to, to fully develop a knowledge or keen insight that your love may display itself a greater depth. It's got to be a greater depth of love. Of quite a more comprehensive discernment. So you, may, so you may surely learn to sense what a vital improve and prize. What is that's the real value? See, we make big deals out of little things. Right. What's the real value of what, what we're dealing with? You know? I mean, somebody said something wrong to you or snapped at you. Is that something to, to, to lose your love or snap back? No. 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 What is the real value? Just keeping your mouth shut sometimes yeah. or saying a nice answer to them. Right. You know, I love you, and, you know. And then turn around and say, Father, I pray for that person. Turn them over to the Lord. And distinguish the moral differences. We're all, we all have different moral differences. That you may be untainted and pure and erring. Blameless to, so your heart is sincere and settled. You may approach Jesus Christ without stumbling cause you to stumble. So you don't want to cause somebody to stumble. You're going to be held accountable. I don't want to be guilty of, of somebody coming in here and we didn't treat them right and they left and they went out and left, they got caught in a car wreck and they went to hell. I don't want to be responsible. I don't know what this has to do with it, but, but um, that one evangelist, uh, I don't know, you remember him, he died, he used to be healing ministry, he spit in people's eyes. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, he, there was a, there was a there was a guy that came to his uh, meeting, and he was, he was really um, under condemnation because that was a lady. It was a lady because she was, she, was told, she was making pies that day, and she was told to go up to the hospital, a certain room, and go there, and didn't tell her why, but said she was supposed to go there. She kept saying, Lord, I'll go there when I'm done with my pies. I'm going down when I'm done with my pies. Yeah. Well, she got done. She went up there, and they were cleaning the room. Yeah. The person died. She missed it. So she had a condemnation. So how would you feel? Well, he told her, he said, repent. And tell the Lord you're not going to do it again. So she had to release and let it go. Otherwise, she'd hang on to it. She'd be, she could be at a condemnation for the rest of her life. But she had to let it go. She had to release and let it go. So we've got, we've got to put more value on, on the things of God and, and not on such small things. Um, I shortened everything up tonight, but uh, we, need, we need to, we need to, huh? Yeah, it is a lot to chew on. Okay, uh, he said Ephesians 2.10, though. Everyone in this room had been created by God's own handiwork. Everyone in this room has a job to do. We're not going to do the same job, so we got to realize that pastor's pastor, pastor Ken's pastor, we got leadership in here, and some of us older people are not where we used to be, but we're still we're under new leadership, which is fine with me, because I'm doing what I'm called to do. Right? 
I can't step in somebody else's calling. I mean, you guys want me to stay in the choir. <laughs> I don't want to stay in the choir anyway. <laughs> I like what I'm doing. You know, I appreciate ushering. I appreciate doing the things I get to do. It's, 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 I'm doing it under the Lord, but I also do it under you guys. You know, and um, the minister in the men's group, I, I mean, I enjoy the men's group so much. So, I, you know, I'm enjoying it all. But the number one thing for me is to submit to my pastor and, and, and do what she wants me to do. If, if, you ever, if you ever get into big, get big head for what you're doing in, in this church, you get a big head, you're going to be removed. God, I'm not moving you. God's not going to move you. God's going to remove you. Remember it says in, in, in Jane, uh, Acts that what is, what is God, if, it, if it's really God's going to last, if it's not, it will not last. So the things that are really not God is not going to last. Right? But see, everybody take your positions and everybody work together. And loving one, they're loving each other, yeah. and let's move this, get this thing going in love. Because in order to be an epic center, to where we're going to be, we're going to be this uh, central focal point over a great shakening of the Holy Spirit in this area. We're going to have to be in unity, oneness. We can't have wild donkeys in here. That's saying it mildly. Can't have wild donkeys, you know. You can't, you can't do your own thing. You got to do what God wants, yeah. and Pastor knows yes. what she wants done. Yes. So we just we just do it. On, you may not like it, but you do it, on, and you do it with joy. Put a smile on your face yeah. and enjoy yourself, yeah. because you really realize that when you see the results of what's going on, yeah. you're going to really enjoy it. Yeah. You're going to really be laughing. Yeah. Amen. So I think I'm just going to stop there for tonight because, just because. <laughs> But I, he, gave me, he gave me this before I came, too. He said, I, pre, I have predestined, I preplanned a message that my people need to hear. I have chosen you to deliver it. It is not by chance that you have been chosen to deliver it. I did not choose you just to, just to take your turn. Jesse teased the other day. Somebody teased the other day. I'm not just to take my turn. Like I said, there was a book that written. I'm not, so he said, I, let's take your turn, but I had, I had your pastor choose you. So fear not, for as, as you trust me, as you go, go tonight in confidence, I will fulfill your mouth with my words. Now listen, when you walk in love with people, he's going to fill your mouth with his, wor- with his words. He said, open your mouth wide, he's going to fill it. Luke 12, 12, he'll give you the words to say it. So you never have to be worried about what you're going to say when you go out and witness. When you're going to minister to somebody out of love, of course. Holy Spirit's always going to give you words to say. And those are going to be the right words. For you to be his mouthpiece. This message is very important for this church. This body, it is important that you know and understand my love in a greater way than ever before. Faith works by love, but not fear. I cannot have a body who is divided from me because they are in fear. Get over the fear. One person can drag their feet and hold the rest back. I'm trying to tra- train my church, uh, church in and prepare them to do the Great Commission. But my body has been divided from the, from the head. All things we are, are under, to be under your feet because they're under Jesus' feet. And because you're my body, and the feet's in the in the body. So we're the he's the head, we're the body, the feet's in the body. So what are we afraid about anything? Yeah. If he's not afraid, then why are we afraid? Yeah. Yeah. If he if he says if he says uh, do the great commission, well he's he's going with you. He's there, right. you know. Yeah. And you're just the body, and the feet's the body. So what we do, he's doing it through you. Yeah. Remember, he's crucified Christ. No longer you live, but he lives his life in you. That anointing power is in you, full measure. So you go out and minister, he's ministering with you. Yeah. When you lay hands on people, like we said last time I was up here, your hands are the, 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 the cloth. It's a content point. He's flowing through you if you're not in fear. Yeah. Not if you're in fear. So it's important to understand my intense love I have for you so you can have an intense love for me and then have an intense love for each other. 
You cannot be united to me, one spirit with me, when you, are, when you live in fear. So I say, listen up and choose to be a doer of my word and walk and live in my love. Set your affections, your devotion, your adoration, your love upon me. It's your, it's, but it's your choice. It's your choice what you want to do. Amen? I'm going to quit. So, you're dismissed? You're dismissed.